All right, anyway, so yeah, uh, I will never forget riding down, riding bikes just down past the student union, which was which was next to the, the disgusting pond on the campus at UMass Amherst. Uh, and we referred to this, this kind of patch of ground sort of between the student union and the pond as Hippie Beach. Um, hippie beach, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that was where the hippies hung out, and and the occasional drum circle. Uh, uh, oh, you you, you yes, yes, obviously, uh, and yeah, I will I will never forget riding by there with my friend, and there was like a band, a reggae band full of white dudes playing. Uh, I don't even remember which Bob Marley song it was. Maybe it was. It might as well be this one. Uh, it was probably like "No Woman No Cry" or something. Uh, and the guy was literally like singing in a fake Jamaican accent. Oh, that's it was just like yeah. It was just like that is just how Bob Marley's voice is because he's Jamaican. Like you, like I don't know. I I know what you're trying to say. It's, yeah. it's, it's awful you also just described like the last mountain bike race i was at oh really Ugh. oh no <laughs> i mean i don't know I... there was a band <laughs> i'll just leave it at that okay yeah you know sometimes uh You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not the world's biggest Bob Marley fan. I respect the man and his achievements very much. Um, music isn't really well. GMN is not very good, in my opinion. <laughs> They're better. No, ones. it was just it was just the song with the with the chords that I could remember the first. You know, I shot the sheriff is great. That's a that's a that's a classic. But uh, GMN. I don't know enough yeah. about Bob Marley to know what you guys are talking about well he shot the sheriff um but he didn't shoot no deputy and he he swears it was in self-defense i mean i believe him that's a that's a pretty good uh synopsis of the song (laughs) that's yeah i feel like that's pretty good i feel like that's pretty good uh but no i'm not actually i'm not actually all that tired from four gaps i'm more i'm more tired from uh like in conjunction i'm more tired from the mess that's left after you ride your bike in the rain for three hours and then continue to ride it for another like four hours and then and then you have to clean it um so you had you had a long day on the bike i had a long day on the bike i had a long day on the bike yesterday it sounds like we did it on a sunday and not a saturday because we're idiots well i assume there was a race on sunday that you all wanted to go to no, there was a race on Friday night that we all wanted to go to. So what was wrong with Sunday or Saturday? I mean, uh, I I think people. Well, okay, so the Green Mountains, which is where. All right. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Honest so, bicycle program brought to you by Live Guitar. By Maddie who plays the guitar. Uh, right. This is who needs intro program. and outro music when you have Maddie <laughs> This, uh, there, there, was, uh, there was a while where the intro and outro music did actually feature Matty on the guitar. There's a secret that people might not have known. Uh, a, yeah, that was my old band. That's a yeah. deep, yeah. deep cut. Home. Deep, deep cut. This is the Honest Bicycle Program, and we're, we're coming to you on the Wide Angle Podium Network. And we assure you, this is what happens on our program. This is what happens. We're brought to you by Health IQ. 
a life insurance agency that gets great rates on life insurance for uh, health conscious people. So we'll tell you more about both of those things. But anyway, you can definitely trust us. We're very honest. Yeah, Dan, you go to that well a lot about the honesty. I really um, enjoy it. You're really you're really committed to the brand. I'm I'm uh, really I'm really I'm really into it. What's that? <laughs> so I said you're committed to the brand and I appreciate that. <laughs> it's I mean it's why I started listening to the show cuz it seemed honest and, you know, down yeah. to earth. Brand brand ambassador. <laughs> By the way, Dan is a great brand ambassador and that's not even is ironic. That a, is that a downgrade from contributor? <laughs> <laughs> I just meant in general, uh, not not necessarily just for our program. Ah, I um, see, I see. Yeah, people sponsor this man. Um, he's gonna he's gonna do good things for you. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, like win mountain bike races. Didn't you just win a mountain bike race? I did. I won my third mountain bike race of the season, awesome. uh, which I'm pretty stoked on. Um, yeah, it was actually a. It was actually a very uh, tumultuous experience. Uh, Matthew, I was battling somebody that you know very well, Bobby Lee. Oh, yeah, I've raced against that guy. Yeah, I, I feel mm. like we all have. Um, uh, no. Well, all right, sorry, Greg. You might have, honestly, <laughs> for all I know. I mean, It was the royal we all have. <laughs> He's been around the block. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, <laughs> yeah. Dude got really good at mountain biking over the winter. I don't know how. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like last year. By living in the Lehigh Valley. Last year, he was, I mean, he's Bobby Lee, so he's got like watts to go around. But, uh, mm. you know, he was one of the few guys that was still riding a hardtail, and technically he wasn't like super good. So we would usually get rid of him in like the first or second rock garden on most courses. And. Yeah, this past weekend, he was just, uh, he kept coming back. <laughs> Still on the hardtail. And, um, but anyway, so on the second, on the last lap, I finally cracked the guy that I was riding with, Andrew Freya, who's, I don't know, he's just the, he's a fast dude that's been around for a long time, who's a mountain biker. Uh, and,. I was riding by myself in the lead, and then I got a flat um, on one of the descents. And Andrew comes by me, but then literally like a second after him, Bobby comes by. And I'm like, where? Like, I hadn't seen that guy for like a lap and a half at that point. <laughs> um, and then on the last, so like I, I put put air in my tire. Fortunately, it seals up. So I, I get going pretty quick, and I catch... Wait, can I, can I... Let me just interject here. You just, like, whip out a hand pump, and you're like... No, CO2. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so you just pro tip, blast pro away. Pro tip, you got to have 25 gram CO2s at least for a 29er. You can't, you can't get away with, like, the 12s or 16s. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, Makes sense. It's all about volume. Any, anyway, I catch them on the last climb... I managed to get around Andrew on the climb, but Bobby, like, just, like, I, I just get near him at the crest, and he just, like, takes off. And 
there's a bunch of like flat rolling terrain and then a rocky ass descent and i'm like okay i just gotta get to him before the descent and if i can get around him before the descent like i should be able to get away from him on the descent which is a foreign concept to me because normally like in the last two years descending has not been my forte so this is all a bit confusing already um (laughs) but Right before the descent, Bobby drops his chain. So he's standing on the side of the road as I fly by him. We're going down the descent, and all of a sudden, my tire is going low again, and I'm just, like, bouncing off the rim down a bunch of rocks, and I can hear Bobby behind me, and we get off the descent, and it's just a bunch of fire road, and I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) But managed to hold on by a few seconds fortunately flat, t- flat fire on a, bo- on a on a fire road can you imagine bobby lee mountain bike race winner can you imagine that <laughs> yes i can imagine that i mean actually, he's won he's imagine. won a bunch of i mean I, he's won crits probably he won a bunch of road races i don't know if he's ever won a cross race that would actually maybe be weirder than mountain biking I've raced with him, uh, like, when I first started in 2010. I remember doing some UCI cross races with him, and I was actually riding with him in a group. Wait, you started cross in 2010 or UCI cross in 2010? UCI cross. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so, so, all right, well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. It was a true emotional roller coaster. I went from winning to not winning to winning again to, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to lose to, oh fuck, yes, I won. (laughs) Yeah, usually you only get get one of those. You just get the, I'm winning, oh wait, no, I'm not. And then that's it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah usually it, usually it's one usually yeah that's that's the true that's the true bike racing experience oh my god i'm winning uh no i'm not and it just keeps <laughs> I, happening over and over and over and over again and for some reason we keep coming back these days i basically i get that i get that as soon as the official blows the whistle to start the race i go ah crap <laughs> oh yeah i still I, I still line up with dread though i never get to the I'm winning, I'm winning part anymore. It doesn't seem to happen. <laughs> I, you were in a break recently, right? I was in a break. My racing recently has been very interesting. Uh, it's 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 also been a roller coaster for different reasons. Yeah, life is life is. I have to say, pretty good. Uh, you know, you're never like How's- where you want to be necessarily, because you all, obviously it's like you always want to conquer the world, or at least I do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not really how it works but yeah it's been going pretty well how's your new cross bike oh yeah uh boy maybe we should get to that but um it's good it's good it's it's good i will say yes like i i was in a break last week it was crazy it hasn't happened to me in a very long time um but after a couple years of being injured and having various problems mental and physical uh i'm, I'm kind of getting better again uh, and it's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, even even though riding the, it was pouring. It was oh my god! I, I just I just spent two weekends riding my bike in the pouring rain, and I'm super over it uh, at the yeah. moment. But it was it was pretty cold too. It was like 50 degrees and raining, which is could be worse. But uh, it was it was not super pleasant. And I spent 
It was only a 40-mile race, and I spent 32 of those miles in the break, and the break was my fault, (laughs) (laughs) which was so stupid. Like, it was like, we're we're five miles into the race, there had already been in, like, a couple bullshit attacks, you know, and then we come to the, this is the Ken Harrod Road Race in Harvard, Massachusetts, and we come to the foot of the, the main climb on the course, which is Oak Hill, and it's... It's, it's not like a big climb. It's like 3% average over, I don't know, a few miles. Um, and the elevation gain is only like a few hundred feet. So it's it's not like a mega climb. There's a couple steep ramps, but it's mostly sort of false flat. Uh, but we just like we just brought back the move that had my teammate in it. And at the very bottom of the climb, I countered, thinking like, whatever, it's fine. And... and I counter, and then, like, this strong uh, guy from the Minuteman Road Club comes across uh, and, and kind of counters even harder. And I'm just, like, on the steep part, and I'm just like, oh, crap. And I look around for, like, one of my teammates to be chasing him down, and there's no one in sight. At which point, I, yeah, at which point I was like, ah, oh. well, I'd already started going. And, like, it was like that thing. You, you ever, like, make a move in a race, and your legs are like, dude. And you're like, uh-oh. I do not yeah. I do not have good legs today. And that was how I felt. But there's no one else there. I was like, whatever. This is going to get caught, but I better cover. So I cover the guy. And before I know it, we're on this climb. And and then, like, all the strong dudes in the race start bridging up to the break. <laughs> so we've got, like, Jam Fund guy, Trent. And we've got uh, um, uh, this GLV guy. Sorry, this is the local team names. Uh, Ken and... Um, you know, a couple other dudes, and and then the local sort of young talent uh, guy, uh, this kid named Travis, who was crazy strong, bridges across, and I'm just like looking around, like I am so screwed. Like, what have I done? Uh, and this break is probably going to stick. And lo and behold, it it did for everyone except me. Oh no! I know you got dropped from the winning break. I got dropped, but I will say, I will say, it was not like. I got dropped immediately. I got dropped. I got caught with like two miles to the finish, like at the top of the climb. It was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was, it was mentally very painful. I got, so ca- you, I got caught. Right so there. you went from I'm winning to I'm not winning in a, like an awful way. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty rough. Cause I was like, holy crap, this break has all the right representation, except it didn't. We didn't have butcher box uh, cycling in the break, which turned out to be bad news. Uh, because we were not going easy, and, and it was pouring, and I was just getting a fire hose off of everyone's back wheel. It was so grim. Uh, and, and they just weren't that far away, and so we go up this climb, and I was just... I was, At that point, I was roasted and, and just couldn't... When it ramped up to, like, VO2 level on the climb, I just couldn't hang anymore. And, you know, I was dieseling along, but it just wasn't enough. Like literally, literally, if instead of fifteen seconds, like we seriously had maybe fifteen seconds at the face of the at the foot of the climb, if we'd had thirty, I would have gotten sixth place. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Yeah, but yeah, damn. I mean, bike racing, bike racing, it's hard. But but what I was gonna say about that, as far as the racing, it's it's very weird right now because. Um, all right, I'm sorry. I'm gonna try and keep this short because I've already been blabbing for a while, and no one really cares about the details of like Greg's training plan and all that. I, I care. Of... Well, I'm glad you care. I'm glad you yeah. care. But, but yeah, uh... this is this 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 is for us, Greg. <laughs> there, there we have <laughs> listeners. 
Uh, well, who, I know, who... but still. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, the, the point is, a couple <laughs> years ago, I sent off... I'm not going to tell... Don't worry. I'm not going to go into big detail. But a, a couple years ago, I sent off... Um, like every power file I'd ever made to um, a friend of mine who, uh, like an internet bike friend who's like a coaching guy who was kind enough to offer to analyze them and see if he could at least, you know, kind of give me some hints about what the heck uh, I'm doing wrong. Um, and he did, and we came back with what basically it was okay, uh, VO2 max is not a limiter for you. Um, you could mm-hmm. actually potentially be quite good. But there's a massive, massive drop-off in your expected power output after 10 minutes. Like, you should be able to do X, and instead you do not do X. Like, essentially your FTP is much lower than it should be based on your aerobic um, uh, kind of max. Uh, and, and what it meant was base, essentially needing to work on the long, steady stuff. So I've actually finally been doing that. And Greg, the result is, you're basically describing my power profile. <laughs> I'm not I'm not joking. Yeah. Like I have a I I have like a quote unquote world class 5 minutes and I have a cat 4 sprint and then I have like a cat 3 threshold. <laughs> <laughs> Basically I can go real good for 5 minutes. And I can do it a bunch of times but that's the extent of it. That's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had your cat three threshold, but anyway. Um... <laughs> well, you do. You're a cat three. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe, but I, well, I'm, anyway, I've been. I've, been... <laughs> I've I've probably told this to you guys, but when I when I uh, started working with my coach, I sent my power files to him, and he said, and I was at cat one on the track at the time. He said, "You make a shockingly low number of watts." Yeah. I mean, I would expect that considering your size, Matteo. No offense. Well, I would. I I like. I like to say though that I've got a really great results to watt. Yeah, unlike unlike me, my results to power ratio is actually quite poor. But anyway, um, even though my yeah, well, I've told you, Matteo, about kind of what sort of power I've done before. Um, yeah, a lot of them. A lot of you make a lot of W's. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad, but not as not too many after like ten minutes. Which is why I tended to do things like be able to go mega hard for an hour and then explode violently and basically collapse in a ditch on the side of the road, which which has been pretty mm-hmm. close to an accurate description of what's happened to me at Tour of the Hill Towns before. But anyway, <laughs> um, so the long sort of it is I, I've been able to actually work on that to some extent, but now for essentially the first time ever, I have pretty good long-term, like, diesel power. Uh, but I haven't done any appreciable work on the high intensity um, VO2 stuff, and I I don't I don't know how to race with a power profile like this right now, because <laughs> so, anytime I'm doing we go up this hill and we're doing stuff that is like normally in the past has been well within my normal VO2 range in terms of power, and it's just destroying me. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's very interesting, and uh, I don't anyway, basically self-coaching is going well and has been very interesting at some point i will probably need an actual coach again because i don't know what the hell i'm doing but uh it it has worked it's a project that's gone pretty well despite my complaints about being the one dude who who couldn't hang on in the in the winning break Um, well it certainly sounds like i mean you've gone from like having some really frustrating you know injuries and being unable to ride to making the winning break Mm. yeah i mean i will i'll i'll 
in terms of like coaching somebody, I'll take that over being somebody who's injured. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> having having a hard time with coping with VO2 efforts is like a fixable problem that's not yeah, that yeah. difficult to fix. Here on the Wide Angle Podium Network, the Honest Bicycle Program is supported by Health IQ, a life insurance agency. Health IQ has exclusive rates for health conscious people. They crunch numbers on athletes and use unique models to offer physically active people lower rates on life insurance. So to learn more, please visit healthiq.com slash honestbicycle. You can learn more about what they're about and you can get a free quote on life insurance. That's healthiq.com slash honestbicycle. We're thrilled to have their support. So please check them out. Yeah, I a couple of weeks ago, I, I like slithered into a move that had, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds on the field. And there were a couple like there are a couple guys in some pretty legit elite Brit teams, you know, not just local elite, but like elite with the accent mark over the E. <laughs> uh, the, 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 like, the French elite. <laughs> Eli, elite, yeah. Um, and, you know, I it was hard enough for me to like accidentally find myself there. And I was I was coming down with a cold, which I still have, as you can hear it as my voice gets really nice and low with the whole lung situation. But I was trying to like not ride like aerobically, you know, I was trying to like not do things that were going to stress my like, you know, how long can I spend at a high heart rate sort of thing. And uh, I think I, you know, I took one pull and then went to the back of, of a four rider group and was like, well, I'm staying here until we get back. <laughs> that's how that's going. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, the, so the other consequence of this, yeah, that's <laughs> of this not having high end thing was this Friday. I was really salty because we, I mentioned before, we had we had this race on Friday, which is why we didn't do this attempted six gap. We should probably talk about what six gaps is at some point, but anyway, uh, this attempted six gap ride on uh, Sunday instead of Saturday because we did this race on Friday on Friday night, and I was on the front of the group when the move went. <laughs> And I could not, and I was like, oh, that's the move, because it was, like, the three strong, like, strongest dudes in the field. Like, that is obviously the move. That is obviously where you need to be. And went as hard as I could and couldn't even get on the wheel. I was like, oh, disappointing. So so that's, like, the stuff that's been hard, is dealing with that. Yeah, yeah, because I was I was a little grouchy about how that went. Yeah, and then we had a bunch of people for for some reason in this race super excited. You know how like a three four race people are uh, usually like not all that into rotating and chasing, like for real. People were actually really interested in bringing back this uh, move, but we had probably like six or seven dudes who are fully engaged in going full ham on the front of the field and the gap to the brake just kept getting bigger. <laughs> it was like, all right, it's over. That's a cool race situation to be in. Uh, yeah. Maybe if you're in the break. Well, I don't know. I mean, even, even if you're, you know, in a committed chase, then, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun to be in a committed chase than to be in an uncommitted chase. Yeah, for That's real. True. Some of my most satisfying or, 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 like, people... road racing experiences have been just like <coughs> futilely chasing a breakaway with a bunch of other people and we're just like swapping pulls and it's like we know we're not going to make it but we're going so fast that it's fun. 
You're going down swinging. Exactly. Yeah. There's just there's <laughs> yeah. like there's something about that, you know, and and like plus then you get to like scold your teammates for not helping with the chase afterwards, and that's always entertaining. <laughs> nice. We don't do we don't do much scolding on my team. It isn't really necessary. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. A good crew. I, I, I feel like the the teams that I've ridden for uh, in the last like few years of my road racing, I'm doing air quotes right now, career, um, <laughs> were teams where like if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, people would yell at you, and like for good reason because like we were all kind of we we all had enough support to be there to do the thing that we were supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, it's... If, if 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 they give you a bike, they get to tell you what to do in the bike race. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, that that's a different situation. I mean, you know, I'm on a team of Cat 3s, you know, and 4s. I mean, we would like to be able to grow an elite team out of it, but, um, you know, all in good time, right? But certainly on the Cat 3 squad, it's like, all right, everybody, you got to just chill out and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimate, ultimately, bike racing is supposed to be fun no matter the level you're at. Like, I think... You know, I, I I think at a certain point, if it's like, if it's not fun for you, like, you just kind of have to go the Cam Dodge route, you know? And just be like, you know what? I'm going to go and not do this. Yeah, I'm going to go ride motocross bikes and ski. <laughs> Is that what he's doing now? Pretty much. I, he, I You know, the last time I saw him, he was actually uh, racing motocross bikes, but he was in, like, the B grade. Um, he said he, would, like, wasn't anywhere near good enough to race like a grade motocross and I, the whole thing blew my mind because it's just like you know here's this like other sport that i know nothing about and like they have categories <laughs> <laughs> yeah no fair enough yeah he's an he's an interesting guy i think um yeah never seemed to be all that so you know some people come into cycling into bike racing and they just like do not seem to be motivated by the same things that motivates a lot of other people and i think that's challenging yeah like I mean, if they're if they're talented in particular right because it also like challenges everyone around them because it's like yeah here's this person that has the like genetic gift that 0.001 percent people have and they don't seem to care and like it yeah. it makes other people genuinely angry like, like it's frustrating. Remember, we all try so hard at this right and i remember hanging mm-hmm. out with cam and like that's part of the reason why he like left the sport because he just like couldn't deal with people like constantly coming up to him and like being like what the hell are you doing like why aren't you doing x y and z and he's just like i'm just like trying to hang out with my dad and like go to bike races and like you know, have a nice time, like, in our Euro camper van. <laughs> yeah. Like, he had no interest in, like, making a career out of it, ever. Even though yeah. he easily could have. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I, I can, I, like, I can understand it, because, like, you know, one of, um, one of the actually kind of people in the scene, who I actually didn't really meet until, till recently, is, yeah, obviously on a different level than that, but is, like, incredibly talented, and he was telling a bunch of us, yeah, you know, you guys just need to not take this so seriously. And we're like, dude, like the only way we are even as crappy as we are is by taking it seriously. 
like you you don't like you seriously don't understand you know and so it can be a little bit infuriating I, you know i don't know what cam is like i'm sure cam cam wasn't quite that forthright about being like you guys should do things differently you know probably very different personality um and, and this guy's fine he's, he's a good dude uh, you know but <laughs> we were like like no no you don't understand we have we have to try hard the thing about taking it seriously though is that you, you know every now and then you run into uh you know someone who's into gravel grinding or who only goes on road rides wearing cut off jeans or who tells you that you know you're you're not having enough fun because you're not mountain biking and like taking it seriously is fun for people too you know there are a lot of ways to love the sport and there's always going to be somebody who is going to tell you that you should love it the way that they love it oh but, yeah like that's such a because you know because because they made a choice you should make a you know a similar choice too but like you know being a hard-working cat three trying to get up to two like that's that's fun too you know yeah yeah absolutely it, I mean, there's, you know, that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that, like, what Maddie was talking about is like the biggest pet peeve of mine because I feel like I have to deal with this all the time, like on various, you know, like Thursday nights we have like a mountain bike training ride, race, whatever you want to call it, like fun ride. I don't know, but like the front of it goes fast and the back of it goes at whatever pace they want to go at, and it's like cool. But every week, somebody will, like, heckle me about something or, like, tell me to slow down or tell me to have a beer. And it's like, I don't know, man. I don't, like, go on your rides and, like, tell you to do intervals. Yeah. You know? Like, (laughs) what's... Why... Like, why is the thing that you want me to do somehow more important than the thing that I want to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this, I this, this yeah. is fun for me, you know, well, like I'm here take... because it's fun. So it's, you know, it's like something is wrong with you if you feel the need to tell others how they should be like doing the thing that they're doing, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so honestly, um, and so I agree. And, and being able to go and, for example, do what I did this past weekend, which is go and do a stupid long ride in the Green Mountains in Vermont with my racer buddies and have it be hard but have my body like functional the day after um that's pretty cool to me like that's that's like uh, it, it would be harder I'd, I'd have to either go like a lot slower or be a lot more wrecked um the day after to do things like that without without the training and obviously i train for racing but but still, that's like a nice benefit too, especially because it, it's fun to use your fitness for things that aren't just um, competing with people. Where, where even though you know I'm with my friends who are whatever cat twos, um, you know we're on we're really on a level when it comes to doing something like this for the most part. Uh, but to take it kind of more meta with the taking it seriously thing, I think people get kind of um, I don't know. They think that taking it seriously is is the the try hard stuff. With the okay, I'm gonna have a training plan, and I'm gonna have a coach, and I'm gonna, uh, or you know, just 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 actually kind of some kind of focus on training, and like, hey, you shouldn't do that. That's lame. Whatever. Um, when I think, but but I think it's almost more when you're quote unquote taking it too seriously. It's it's when you lose perspective on things, and I think that you can lose perspective 
um, by getting too caught up in what you're doing as, you know, an amateur cat three, you know, who races on the weekends. Uh, but you can also like take it too seriously as like the messenger aesthetic guy who only rides and cut off shorts, you know, and you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I, I, I feel, I feel like people want whatever they're doing sometimes to be the not taking it too seriously. And, and of course what I'm doing is the right way and it's cool. Uh, and I'm not taking myself too seriously. And the way you're doing it is, is wrong because it's pointless and and silly and and taking it too seriously. But (laughs) But ultimately, it is about keeping that perspective. And, and I think that most of us... Um, We're the ones who have that perspective. <laughs> yeah, right? Everyone well, else but the doesn't. Thing is, but the thing is, we all lose that perspective from time to time. It happens to everyone. Like, you know, part of what... Part of the reason that I get all salty about, like, not being able to get on, you know, the wheel of this move is that, like, I, you know, I want to be better than... I am, and I don't want to accept my scrubby place in, you know, a scrubby universe of bike racers, um, and and so that's that like challenges me, <laughs> you know. But uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. But but the we challenge can is all, part of the fun. That's that's what I'm hearing. Right. And, well, and also no one. It's just that none of us are like doing it right, like a hundred percent of the time, at least with respect to something. And, and, you know, and, and maybe because he never really cared, a guy like Cam Dodge, you know, uh, maybe never did lose perspective on it because he never really cared that much um, about, like, oh, I'm going to be a pro bike racer. But almost any of us who do care about bike, bike racing um, are going to have that experience at some point and have our kind of, I don't know, reality come crashing down uh, at some point. Or, or even about, you know, it, it, any part of bike subculture, if you take it, quote unquote, seriously if it's an important part of your identity there's at some point where um you know your expectations and reality will clash um yeah, yeah. absolutely deep like when i sent my power data to my coach <laughs> I, my expectations in reality clash as soon as i see my power data <laughs> yeah you for, for for me it's usually when i do the first uci race of the season <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm not gonna say I'm looking forward to the UCI races this season, but I'm looking forward to them more than last year. <laughs> I mean, I you know you're on you're on a good track, Greg. I mean, mm. sounds like things are going well for you, so it's like I don't see why you shouldn't be looking forward to them. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot more fun to like give it your all when you can actually give it your all. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the thing, you know, and that's the thing about, like, racing sometimes is, like, you know, yeah, yes, it's, like, disappointing when you, like, give it everything and you just can't get to that wheel. But, damn, it feels a lot better to, like, give it everything, not make it, than to just, like, not have tried at all. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, I mean, I can a, think... There's a satisfaction yeah. in, like like you said, going out swinging, like chasing a break that you're never going to get back. But it's like you finish the race and it's like, yeah, you're pissed that it didn't work out. But at the same time, you're just like, that was, you know, like I did everything I could, you know? And I think, I think what you're saying is uh, what Michael Scott said, which is you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) Yeah. 
But no, I mean, when I was when I was a Cat Three and Cross, there were a couple times when I had a legitimate, you know, it's I had a legitimate shot at winning a race, you know, if things went right. And I I just specifically remember so clearly the uh, Minuteman Road Club Cyclocross race in 2015 when I was still a Cat Three, and I tried so hard. I, I just did every. I, I I seriously I raced the perfect race. Like I couldn't have done it any better. Um, and in the end, like, like a dude fell down, like with a quarter lap to go. And I capitalized on that and attacked and everything. And, you know, I was like, I, I just did everything right. Um, and I got third because the other guys were stronger, you know? And it's like, it was, it was that experience of being simultaneously just so crushed by the effort that I'd put into it to come away uh, empty-handed. But also, like, there's also the satisfaction of, of knowing that you couldn't have tried any harder. Like, you couldn't, you didn't hold anything back. I had that, I had that, I had that feeling when I was, uh, I went, I traveled back to Minnesota to race the Fixed Gear Classic at the end of last summer. Uh, which was sort of like the Fix Year Classic in Minnesota was like my first big race as a cat too. You know, it's a sort of big weekend race. People travel to it, yada yada yada. And and it was it was really nice to go back there. And I really wanted to uh, win a race or do well in the Endurance Omnium. Uh, and uh, I had a really great elimination, uh, which is where every two laps the last rider across the line is kicked from the race. Yeah. Um, and the race. Uh, the, and there was there was a strong field, you know. We were we were eliminating some really good riders, uh, riders who on the road can wipe the floor with me. Um, and the elimination came down to me and a sixteen-year-old kid who uh, looks up to me and who I, I really like as well. Um, and you know, we do the thing. You know, we eliminate the third rider, and it's just the two of us. And we do the thing where we kind of slow down and look at each other for a little while, and uh you know kind of comes down to that moment of you know match sprint hesitation like who's gonna go and i ripped first and i really tried to kind of catch him a little bit flat-footed and he came around me so hard and so fast in turns three and four that uh that was it and you know like yeah i i had a good race i uh tried really hard you know attacking him and out sprinting him when i was already breathing through my eyeballs uh he got me he just got me good and that's okay as much as i wanted to win that race yeah man there's uh there's a you can walk away from a from a race effort like that and be 100 percent satisfied which like you can't do when you've when you've had a bad day and like you know that you had more to give you know yeah maybe like 90 percent satisfied <laughs> sure yeah no asymptotically approaches satisfaction finishing second in a bike race is still really hard uh bike racing is really hard i think we mentioned that Uh, you know anyway so uh you know what else is hard or actually not hard listening to podcasts on the wide angle podium is not hard and you should do it because the wide angle podium network which is the network upon which we are broadcast across the airwaves 
um, or where our where where our files are hosted, anyway, <laughs> is the home to many fine cycling related podcasts. Uh, and I think that uh, you should all, if you like this show, give a listen to some of the other shows on the network. For example, you might have heard of the Slow Ride podcast. Uh, they do. What was it? Uh, <clears throat> rumor. What is it? Uh, news rumors? And something, something Twitter. Something Twitter. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They're pretty sweet though. They're pretty cool. Um, they're pretty goofy, but they do some good stuff. Uh, talk a lot about pro cycling and who their who their heroes are. You know, hashtag sixteenth place. Um, so go check them out. Uh, oh gosh, there's there's the. Uh, CX bike shop CX, those guys, they they're nice guys, and they talk about uh, cyclocross tech, uh, which which I'm now no longer um, apparently up to speed on. So uh, you know you should check them out, and uh, I don't know. There's there's kids don't follow puts out episodes every now and then doing music, and there's. Um, Dan, help me out here. What else? There's Crossroads Radio, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, Bill and I are planning to um, record a show next week after the World Cup, the Mountain Bike World Cups in Nova Mesto. So we're going to be recapping the World Cup that just happened in Germany, and we'll be talking about what will happen in Nova Mesto in the Czech Republic, which... Um, I believe that's where that is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really cool because you know Bill's on the ground uh, in Europe right now, working with a few of the pro teams. Uh, he's doing video work for Trek. He's doing stuff for um, Cliff uh, Cliff Bar Cliff Factory Racing. Um, you should actually check out their Instagram account because he's got like three or four videos up there right now. Uh, and one was talking about tires, which I was like, I, li- I was literally watching the World Cup on Red Bull and I was texting Bill things to like cover because I wanted to know them. Um, anyway, yeah, sorry, that was yeah, a tangent. Yeah. But Crosshairs Radio, great show. Bill is does a lot of work for the network. Um did you already mention we got to hang out? Because that's like my other favorite show. On Did the I? Network. Oh, apparently, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, they're a great show, and you should listen to them. Um, they do all. They like don't they like ride along while recording or something? Yeah. Like they're pretty. They do. Know, they pretty... they have some really interesting guests. I know they had like Fred Armiston on, but yeah. they they do a lot. It's it's a it's like I I feel like a lot of. The shows on the network are very like northeast cycling scene centric, and then we got to hang That's out true. is like all the way out there in Portland, and it's like it's just nice to get a feel for a different cycling scene than you're a part of, and just like to hear, you know, what people are like, you know, get a slice of that life. Plus, yeah, u- usually sure. the conversations that they have are like very interesting and insightful. Um, they had one with the head wheel builder from uh, Sugar Wheelworks, I remember. That was a really good episode. Um, and they had a... 
conversation with some with a woman that runs ultraviolet racing recently that was really interesting that's a team out of texas so it was like interesting to hear about the struggles of like women racing in texas and the successes of women's racing in texas so yeah that's yeah that's that's actually a good point and i i think it's really cool that there are shows that take in uh bits of the cycling scene that are uh, you know, otherwise not maybe super well represented on the network. So that's that's a good point because we're we very we're very clustered on the East Coast um, for the most part. But that said, you know, all of this all of these shows are available to you for free. Um, you know, it is a little bit like NPR. The, uh, most of our funding is from uh, listeners like you. So uh, one thing you can do if you want to support the show, be it the Honest Bicycle Program or other podcasts on the Wide Angle Podium Network, head on over to WideAnglePodium.com, which is where you can find the show listings, and click on that there donate button. Or you can go to WideAnglePodium.com slash donate. Uh, or, you know, or maybe the button says become a member, something like that. But you know, for, for as low as $5 a month uh, or, or more, um, depending on, on kind of what you feel value is that you get from the Wide Angle Podium Network, which I think is pretty high. Um, it has to be pretty high because it's a bunch of great shows, uh, and, and you can contribute, um, give people you know a little bit of uh, funding to make it a little easier to bring that content that you crave, and also uh, there are, is some fun bonus content that you can get for that money. So uh, yeah, check that out. Um, WideAnglePodium.com and WideAnglePodium.com/slash/donate. Uh, yeah, we love that. Uh, so. Where were we? Are we? Should I? Should I mention this? The the kind of six slash four gaps thing. Well, I think you know that's one of those like northeast cycling references that we make without acknowledging it for anyone outside of the scene. Uh, like, yeah. I feel like I heard about the six gaps ride like very early on when I kind of looked into doing the uh, Green Mountain stage race. Uh, as mm-hmm. a cat four and uh it it's been on my that ride's been on my bucket list kind of forever uh i've just kind of never gotten around to getting myself to vermont and to do that ride oh you know you could stage you know you could stage at shea colby right <laughs> like hell i'd do that ride with you but anyway uh, we, we we can uh yeah so we, I better explain that i suppose you're right because we can be very this is like a New England thing in general, or Northeastern as well, but like I think of it as New England because I'm a New Englander. But where we can be very, we're like, I don't know, it, 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 there's like this coastal liberal city thing, and yet there's this weird parochialism that comes along with it where we can be kind of very stuck in our little corner of the country. Does that make, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like the New England cyclocross scene is like so uh, closed off for good reason because like we just don't have to travel yeah you know like there's no reason for us to go to la because there's a uci race within driving distance the same weekend here you know there's like no reason for us to basically it's like the only people that really leave the new england cyclocross scene is are people that are like too good for the new england cyclocross scene (laughs) you know what i mean by the way take some doing (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's basically the people that are winning national championships or are like competitive in on the world stage in Europe, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's probably best if you guys left anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay. So six gaps. And and by the way, I I only had the most peripheral awareness of this at all for some reason. I didn't really quite know what it was until very recently. So six the six gaps ride isn't an event. It's more of a route, and it's not even so much a specific route as a loop, um, because you can start in a number of different places. Uh, but in the Green Mountains of Vermont, there are six kind of major mountain passes. Um, and the ride, the Six Gaps ride, is basically a loop that you will take you over all of them. And it will do so in the space of 130 miles. Um, it's around, depending on who you ask, 11 to 12,000, 12,500 feet of climbing. Psh. It's, yeah, well, it's, so it's the kind of, it's the kind of big ride that is both um, very challenging um, but also kind of within reach, if that makes sense. I, I was just, because, uh, you know, the hillier than thou route that I do in Jersey is 12,000 feet in like 110 miles, so. Oh, well, yeah, so if you want a real challenge. <laughs> yeah, come to, come to northern New Jersey. It's so much more scenic than Vermont. <laughs> but of course it's a very it's a very different thing right uh, Where... yeah yeah i'm just i'm i'm kidding i i forget how i heard about this ride i feel like i was just like googling vermont cycling or something in like 2010 and i just like stumbled upon it and it really appealed to me because it like seemed like this completely crazy like it almost seemed like a dare you know like here's this yeah. route like try it see see if you can do it you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure um so it's 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 always been on the back of my mind but yeah and and it's it's really it's pretty straightforward because um one of the things about vermont you know is that you the the route is essentially almost all on state highways but it's vermont so the traffic isn't too bad for the most part yes Uh, state highways (laughs) in vermont are pretty tame yeah yeah um so it's pretty easy to follow um but the climbing is hard and of course uh you know while we're comparing it to uh the hillier than thou um doing doing the elevation where you do a big chunk at once and then you descend and then it's kind of mostly flat for a while and then you do a big chunk is is very different from kind of constantly up and down which i assume hillier than thou yeah hillier than thou is like literally a hundred miles of no flat roads oh god <laughs> you 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 gain twelve thousand feet like 600 foot chunks at a time yeah so yeah. I, I, all I, those I, all those chunks are like usually about a mile to less you know so it's like pretty awful <laughs> yeah full full disclosure i i bailed pretty hard on hillier than thou um this spring but uh, it was i think it was a bit of a reach to get you down here maybe maybe next spring I think next spring might be, assuming everything continues to go well. I think I think next spring is uh, much more plausible. But but yeah, it, it would have been it would have been pretty. I think it would have been unwise. Let's just say. But so I was I was feeling better by the time this came around. So um, just the, the very brief background is that uh, our mutual friend Mikey, the tofu pup, 
um, is leaving New England. Um, if you don't know who he is, don't worry about it. He's not like world famous or anything, but uh, definitely, definitely man Wait. about the scene. I mean, I know who he is. Where's the, where the hell is he going? Oh, he's uh, he's going down to graduate school in Georgia. What? I know. That's what we all said. It's it's can't go to graduate school in like Philadelphia or something. What's wrong with Philadelphia? Uh, we I, got graduate yeah. schools here. We got so yeah. many of them. I I know, I know. You you should take it up with him on the internet. And the weather is much better than Boston. It, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so <laughs> I also I would take it up on the internet with him, but I deleted Twitter, so I can't. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. Oh well, we do not have time to get into that, but that's interesting. Uh, all right. I hadn't I hadn't quite noticed that I hadn't hadn't seen you there, but it makes sense. Um, how are you going to promote the show for us now? Ugh, ugh, I don't anyway. know. Um, Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> you can try that. Uh, so anyway, it was a going away ride for, for uh, um, a friend of mine. Uh, I was like, let's, let's, because I'm going away from New England and I wanted to do this, let's go do this stupid thing. So a bunch of us got together to do it. Um, and uh, that's, that's what I did with my Sunday, except that we didn't quite manage to do six because... You know, we've been watching the weather with trepidation, um, essentially all week, uh, mm-hmm. and thinking maybe it'll rain, maybe it won't. And then, on the way up on Saturday evening, it was absolutely raining on our way to the Green Mountains. Um, then the next, we thought, hey, it'll be fine the next morning. It's only for like fifty percent chance, and it was absolutely raining. Um, but then, you know, we were about to start, and it wasn't too bad. It was like mid fifties, maybe upper fifties. It was dry um for the time being uh you know i had a i had a certain collegiate uh cyclist telling me what are you doing wearing arm warmers in a vest you know you're gonna get real hot and i was like thank you collegiate athlete i've been riding bikes for a few years and i think i kind of know what i'm doing (laughs) uh the 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 background for this is the collegiate kids uh famously underdress uh yeah them and to a ludicrous extent yeah juniors young young bike racers in general i'm now look i'm not like an old man in general but in like cycling terms i'm kind of an old man and uh yeah i i like me my arm warmers (laughs) i feel like we get i feel like we should do a show about that at some point because i've lately like been coming to terms with the fact that i'm like not a new new guy on the block anymore like i'm not Uh up and coming i've like up and came already <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, yeah you know sure. what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway yeah, so, so, so anyway that all turned out well because uh, pretty much when we got to the top of the first gap which with the route we took was branding gap which is the easiest one it wasn't too bad uh it started pouring uh essentially and then it did not stop pouring for the next mm, two three hours something like that so imagine imagine you're at the very beginning of a ride that takes, if you do it fast, um, nine and a half hours, right? And it's raining. <laughs> like, I mean, what, am- what do you do? I imagined do? it. I can imagine myself going back to the car. Yeah. It, well, in, well, here's the challenge with the Six Gaps route, which is that uh, if you want to do cutoffs, um, it... It very quickly becomes very difficult 
depend you know especially depending on where you you do your loop from so right. the kind of the spine of the, the the root is it's essentially spurs off of route 100 which is like a north south road mm-hmm. uh and we started from rochester vermont and this is a pretty common way to do the ride because you can park at like the local school and you go up and you do this brandon gap um which which is basically heading west um and then you turn north for a bit, and then you turn right, and you go over Middlebury Gap, and that brings you back to Route 100. So you can cut off there and go back down south on Route 100 to where you practically park your car, and it's only about 40, 45 miles. Um, or you can go north for a good ways, a good 10, 15 miles, and go left and then go west again and do Lincoln Gap. Lincoln Gap is insane. Uh, it's got the steepest paved mile in North America. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the descent on the other side. It, a big chunk of it is dirt. Um, it's pretty gnarly. So if you do that and you go down the other side, um, I, I guess you could turn around at the top of Lincoln Gap and come back down, and then it wouldn't be too crazy. But but essentially, once you go over Lincoln, you're basically committed to going and doing app gap which kind of includes baby gap which is really just part of the same climb ultimately yeah i never like it yeah it's it's pretty it's it's the same climb there's just a break in the middle there's just a break in the middle with a slight descent yeah i thought it was kind of weird people were like no no we just did baby gap and now we're doing app gap and it's like it's ah we've been doing app gap it's fine (laughs) we've been doing app gap yeah though the 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 final four kilometers of especially three kilometers of act gap are way worse than anything that they i mean i guess technically you. you can do baby gap and then not do app gap and that's the only real difference you know what i mean but why you'd have to turn you have to actually turn around no no no. because there's like there's a because i remember one of the circuit like stage two at gmsr like one of the circuit races i remember us going up baby gap and then just kind of coming back you know like we would just go to the other side of i forget i I don't know the names of the road but you can do baby gap and not do app gap because like app gap veers off you know what i mean it depends on which it depends on which side of app gap you did did you do the app gap side that you go up in the race yeah okay yeah so like you know how you yeah you basically like you go up baby gap and then you kind of like turn right onto app gap oh do you i I don't yeah like you can go straight there and it'll just take you to the other side of the ridge no well anyway whatever we're getting we're getting kind of down in a rabbit hole but any uh uh, i I don't know i was rabbit holes are like our brand so i know it's true i was already pretty tired at that point the point is you can cut off after four gaps which for reasons that uh, i'll try to get into without going into boring details um we did uh but but cutting off after four so the full the full loop is 130 miles, and the the cutoff for uh, four gaps you're still doing 110 plus miles. Oof. Like it's not it's still not it's still not an easy route. Uh, that I mean that said those extra 20 miles have you know 3,500 4,000 feet of climbing some you know probably probably 3,000 or or more feet of climbing so. Uh, it, it's not like, uh, it's, it's still a cutoff. It's still pretty hard to do those remaining climbs, but you know, yeah. So, so I mean, essentially the situation was that it was raining really hard. 
descending the so the dis, I was quite frightened actually on the first descent we did, which was Brandon Gap, which is mostly not that bad. But there's so many. I don't know what it is about Vermont, but if there's a crack in the road in Vermont, it's longitudinal. I don't know why that is, but it, they're all longitudinal cracks, like running the length of the road, and they're huge and mighty, and and they will eat your road tires. Um, and in the rain, that's pretty intimidating. So that was fun. It, the other th- kind of interesting thing about Brandon Gap on the descent is that you can get up to pretty good speed very quickly, and then it throws a 35-mile-an-hour speed limit corner at you um, in the rain, no less. Uh, and that's very exciting. <laughs> so... So yeah, I was I was a little nervous, and and then we were keeping going, and the rain wasn't stopping, and we went and did Millbury Gap, which takes forever, um, though it's not a particularly hard climb, um, and it's just still raining. We go down Middlebury Gap in the rain, uh, which was incredibly uncomfortable because it was a sort of it was a sort of conditions where I had glasses with me, and and you know how like a lot of the time. Your, your choice, essentially, with glasses when it's raining is either you can see or you can have, like, but you'll have grit in your eyes or you won't have grit in your eyes, but you can't see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I, I always choose grit. Yeah, I end up choosing grit, too. I, I, I really hate them both, though. So we're making the ride extra hard because we've got a couple folks along who, you know, really didn't want this ride to mess with their taper for the Killington stage race. So they're only going to do two gaps. You couldn't see, but I rolled my eyes real hard. At the two gappers who didn't want to mess their mess up their taper? Yeah, it was very it's, silly. Cause... Well, the stage race isn't for like another week. I know. I, I agree. It's very silly. But that was nonetheless, they were very concerned. But they're... they're Are they going to win at least? I hope so. One of them actually conceivably could. I mean, uh, that's, like, slightly more excusable, I guess. But whatever. Anyway. But, yeah. So, here but here I go judging people for what they do for fun. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. But the result was, though, it's raining, and these guys are hammering at, 40, at, at you know, 45 mile an hour. Not, sorry, mile an hour. Jeez. 45 mile, two gap pace. And the rest of us are, are like, we might conceivably do six of these things and 130 miles uh but we need to stay with the group and we're just getting just hosed because as you probably know there is a bike ra- like a, a group of bikes in the rain whether it be a race or a ride like this uh the i mean the only way you can get wetter is by actually going for a swim oh yeah so. i mean you know obviously it would be greatly helped if people had full fenders with buddy flaps, but like that's apparently too much to expect from people on the East Coast. Uh, I mean, in a bike race, though. Mm. Well, obviously not in a bike race, but like you guys aren't in a bike race; you're on a group ride. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so it was actually physically painful going down Middlebury Gap. It was, you know, the rain as knives in your face because I couldn't put on my glasses because they were just completely opaque essentially with uh fog and raindrops and so when you're going down at 45 miles an hour and there's there's rain in the sky it actually is very uncomfortable 
as it turns out. So that sucked. We get to a general store. We're all cold and wet. People are turning back. But five of us decided, no, we're going to brave it. We're going to try. We're going to try and make this work. And eventually, about the time that we got to Lincoln Gap, it did let up and stop raiding and became quasi-nice. I mean, we were we were well past drenched at that point, but, you know, it it actually became a very nice day eventually. But, um, yeah, so basically we had a good pre-soaking. Then we go up Lincoln Gap. Lincoln Gap is ridiculous. As I said, it's got it's got the steepest paved mile uh, in North America. It's something like a mile at, I don't know, 16% average. Um, Oof. Yeah. The thing that Which, sucks about average gradients is that you know that 16, it's not a 16% max. No, it is you so know, not a 16% like... max. <laughs> no. Yeah, and the worst thing in Lincoln, like, like essentially all of these gaps get steeper at the top. And Lincoln yeah. is no exception. Uh, it, it's, you make like this left turn. So, so the way it works is you kind of go up a climb and it's like kind of steep, but it's not really that bad. Um, I don't know what the, what the average for the whole climb is, but it's non-trivial. And you're going up and you're like, oh boy, because this isn't that bad yet. And you go over like a little dirt road section, which is actually kind of mostly flat to even downhill. And you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. But then you make this left turn and the road pitches up. And you think, oh, now this is serious because it's like 10% plus. It's like 10 or 12%. And you think, but, you know, this is still pretty doable. And, and it's like it, it's like the whole boiling a frog thing, you know? Where you go and you go and you kind of, it gets gradually worse and worse until you're you're halfway up the climb and you're into the, you know, steepest paved mile section. And all of a sudden you're going back and forth between like 20% and, and 12% grades. And it's, it's gotten to the point where the 12% bits, like the gradient basically dips down below, you know, 18%. You're like, ah, a recovery section, (laughs) but you're still, you're still on like a 12 to 15% grade. It's just that you don't have to essentially put maximum force into the pedals just to stay upright. Uh, and, and so that, but that kind of works for a while because there'll be a steep pitch and then it'll ease off and you'll be like, ah, yes, recovery. And then it'll be a steep pitch and it'll ease off and, and, and so on and so forth. But then you come around a turn and it goes up to something like 24%. Uh, and it just it just stays there. And you see it you see it disappear around a bend and you think, surely after this bend, it will not be 24% anymore. But it is. It's still 24%. Uh, and, and continuing forward progress on that kind of grade, on like fairly normal road bike gearing, uh, is is very uncomfortable. Like it's, it's very... Putting very it mildly, strange. Greg. <laughs> There's something really, really surreal about doing your VO2 max while going at three miles per hour. And, and having essentially no end in sight. Yeah, at one point we were going up a climb during Hillier and somebody remarked that like they could run faster than we were riding. And, and that uh, would suck too. It prompted someone to actually get off their bike and run next to us. And indeed they did run significantly faster than we were riding. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was like that. And my, one of those I, climbs, huh? Oh man, yeah. It was. It's. It's just. And I really thought. I really thought before I did this climb that I'd be too proud to resort to the paperboy maneuver. You know where you start. Oh yeah, going yeah, yeah. At an angle side across side the slope. Weave. Yeah. yeah, so that you reduce the grade. I thought I would be too proud to resort to that. Uh, I learned that I was not too proud <laughs> to resort to the paperboy. Uh, and it was weird because I was climbing it quote unquote faster than the rest of the group. Um, and yet I kind of wanted to stop and die. Yeah. Climbs like that are just, you know, it's like funny because it's like (sighs) climbs like that are like you, you you get through them and there's a sense of accomplishment, but they're like not enjoyable. No. You know, there's there's some there's some climbs that are like there's like a sweet spot of like difficult and enjoyable, and then at a certain point it gets to be like difficult, ridiculous, and not enjoyable. Yeah, you know, and it just becomes this like like I said, it becomes this like dare type of thing where it's like I dare you to do it. Right. There's there's something kind of. Yeah, enjoyable, I guess, about on on a on a good long climb, kind of motoring along at a reasonably high level of effort and kind of seeing what you can do, you know. But but the effort is essentially, you know, it's sustainable, um, and and you might be pushing yourself kind of hard and suffering a bit, but you know, it's all fine. But when it gets to the point that you're on, like a tw- you know a twenty four percent grade, and it's it's literally over your threshold simply to keep upright like that's not fun anymore that's just that's just gratuitous this yeah. is gratuitous punishment at that <laughs> yeah point. pretty much you know but you can be proud of the accomplishment i suppose yeah and you know so we all got over we all lived but um apparently so so again uh this is we're gonna blame mikey for this but apparently his hub had been mildly janky for uh the last six months or so and on Lincoln Gap, it went from mildly janky to completely destroyed. This is like an Altegra 6800 hub. This is not some just, I don't know, weird Novatech whatever hub. Hey, don't it's knock like, Novatech. Those things work. Those are actually probably more durable than uh, Altegra hubs. Well, especially Altegra hubs that have been neglected for six months. I mean, Shimano is... <laughs> As far as I know, one of the few like hub manufacturers that still just does loose ball bearings in there. Yeah, they still do. And they work. They work great as long as you just maintain them. Yeah, cup and cone bearings work great if you maintain them, and they are. They do not work great if you do not maintain them. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's the problem. So, like you, you, you. uh, I I guess uh, public service announcement for owners of loose ball bearing hubs. Which is just um, people with Shimano wheels at this point. Which is just people with Shimano wheels. Yeah, essentially. Um, they're they're really, really wonderful, but um, just get those bearings changed out every year. Like, it, at least. Maybe more often than that. Otherwise, you know, they just won't... And, and they're not really sealed against the rain all that well. No. Is the no. other thing. Um, so, I've had so I've had Shimano wheels last for a while without service, but they were race only wheels. So 
Yeah. Didn't see a yeah. lot of grit. No. So this hub was just, it was making sounds. It was making sounds and it was getting progressively worse. And we were going up, I was riding up uh, Baby Gap with him. I was like, what is that sound? Like, your bike is making all kinds of weird noisy noises. I don't even know what it is. Because it was like clanks and clunks and, and, and things like that. It was like, is that your bottom bracket? Like, what is that? And he's like, no, I know exactly what it is. It's my rear hub. I once I, like, I, I once attacked somebody in a race because their bike was making too much noise and it was driving oh. me insane. Oh, I was so excited when he was like, he's like, I have to pee, and he pulled off, and I was like, thank goodness, because that that sound is terrible. I I actually really sympathized with him for having to ride with the hub making that sound for, uh, you know, we were not close to the end at this point. Probably fifty miles or something <laughs> he rode with the hub making it kind of like essentially the death rattle. <laughs> and so i'm sorry i would not like i would not feel good about attempting a ride like that with my bike making that noise especially well, like going start... downhill at 45 miles an hour i get nervous when my bike is like 100 percent functional oh oh let me tell you uh, yeah so i was not um so apparently in his in his defense it was apparently not making that noise to start with but he was like eh, it's been mildly janky for the last six months like he'd had to tighten the bearings up and stuff like that and it's like that's not a great sign <laughs> if you need to be doing adjustments and stuff on a quasi-regular basis that's not awesome that usually means bad things are afoot and it, and it does turn out that probably probably that like pre-moistening it got with the torrential uh rain and water essentially was the death knell combined with mashing up Lincoln gap but yeah we were we were going down that little breast kind of descent between baby gap and app gap and i was on his wheel and i was thinking like you know i feel like there's a non-zero chance that this wheel is just gonna lock the fuck up at 45 miles an hour it's just gonna say nope i'm not gonna turn anymore i'm done turning don't like it uh and i didn't really want to be in that situation uh right behind him when that happened it's it, yeah it's so just it didn't get any better obviously and we got to the top of app and it was even even worse and at this point it's probably costing him i don't know 15 or 20 watts um of power with just the drag from i just chunks of destroyed bearing balls i assume just kind of rattling around in there um he did say it was dragging a bit the part of that also might have been it just dragging on the brakes because this this wheel no longer had any um, kind of lateral stability of any kind, and so yeah, he went fifty miles an hour down App Gap uh, with with a wheel that just kind of you could wiggle to touch both sides of the brakes, Ugh. Uh, pretty <laughs> pretty easily. So we decided between that and the fact that we were already pretty tired and that we didn't want to be ruined for the rest of the week um that maybe we should do four gaps and still be happy instead of doing six and being shattered or you know potentially dead or potentially dead because yeah because mikey's wheel locked up on descent and killed everyone (laughs) i'll tell you what that you don't get to do that app gap descent in the green mountain stage race um but it's dope as hell the descent on the other side back down to yeah. 100. Yeah, it's awesome. So you want to hear something crazy? This is uh, this is before always. this is before my time, but apparently uh before 
the the GMSR had a stage one time trial. They had a mass start hill climb from Route 100 up that side of App Gap. Oh. So oh. a bit. So think about that. A mass start five mile race uphill. Oh, that sounds like a shit show. Yeah, especially like when you know. I mean, back then that race would draw huge. I mean, it still draws huge crowds, but they would have like a hundred plus people in the like pro one field. <laughs> like that's when like. Yeah, you actually have to like fight for position on a mountaintop finish because like there's five miles is not long enough to like make up spots, you know? No. (laughs) Like I I almost think they would have had to do like fucking call ups or something, which is like just absurd for a race like that. But like, (laughs) yeah, and also you know it's not an easy climb, but it's it's not going to be. It's, you know, if it's, like, literally the only effort, you're going to have still... You're still going to have people together at the top of that. I mean, the top of it is crazy steep, but, like, yeah, it would it would definitely... Is that side of it crazy steep, though? Cause, it's cause not it's... as steep, but it's comparable to the other side, for sure. Like, yeah. especially just at the top, like, there's definitely a couple of sections where it's, like, you know, well into the double digits. Like, I, from Route 100, for, like, a few miles, it's very mellow, and, like, you can go pretty quick, but definitely the top of it is, like, in, when you get to the switchbacks up there, it's, like, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I can see that, yeah. Um, I haven't climbed it from that side, obviously, because I've only done it the one time. I actually am probably going to do Green Mountain Stage Race this year, because I'm, like, feeling pretty frisky. Um but so I, I will say that my review essentially of the gas, I, I do think so based on having done uh, out of the four of them, uh, app gap is the marquee gap. Uh, it's, it's the, it's kind of the, cause Lincoln, everyone focuses on Lincoln and for good reason, cause it's the hardest, uh, and it is brutal, but, but it isn't, it just isn't fun. Uh, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Like there's, it's a narrow road and the trees are kind of there and, there's a couple places where you can maybe get a view, but like at that point, you're just chewing your stem anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it just just trying to stay upright. Um, but app, you know, even when it gets like it definitely gets pretty steep at the top. It gets around fifteen percent or something like that. It's pretty rough, but it's very pretty along the way in that last kind of three kilometers. Um, it's steep but manageable. Like it just—it feels like a tough climb in, 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 instead of just a gratuitous sufferfest. Yeah. Um, there's there's pretty waterfalls. Um, there's switchbacks. Um, like it, it, the pavement's good. Like it's a good hard climb, but it's you know it's like a normal bicycle climb. It's not like Lincoln Gap, which is just like it's it, it's like trying to climb a wall. Yeah, I mean that's like a that's that that's a road that like you don't really even want to drive up because you like overheat your car. Oh, so I mean, cars will go by if cars go by you at the bottom. We actually didn't have too many when we were low go by us, but you'll just smell the brakes. Oh yeah, as they go by. It's just oh, and if and once you go over the top, if a car has just gone by, you'll smell the radiator. 
Yeah. <laughs> that car as it just went by because we did. We was like, I was like, what was that smell? Was it the brakes? It's like, no, it's it's the it's the radiator of that car, Ugh. of that truck that just went up. Yeah. Because it's just so stupid. Like it's it's just yeah. Like there, I like how there's a, there's a sign at the bottom of it which is pretty funny, which is like uh it uh not advised or not recommended for trucks and trailers. Like don't go this way. You'll regret it. Yeah, I wonder how many like unsuspecting drivers have ended up on that road like while using Waze or something and just been like, fuck. <laughs> it is, it is, it is so steep. Like we were, I legitimately, luckily it was drying out by the time we got there, but on that, on some of the steep parts, uh, it was still like I got out of the saddle and my rear wheel started to slip a bit. Yeah. And you're just like, crap. Some people talk about wheeling. I don't actually tend to have that problem on climbs. I'm usually more of a back wheel slipper. I tend to go forward. Um, but, you know, both of those things can happen. You can either start to wheelie. I think I think also you need to have lower gears than me. I did these. I did this on a 39.28 low gear. Um, uh-huh. my, verdict, my verdict is a 39.28 is not adequate for Lincoln Gap. No, yeah, I would imagine like you want at least a thirty six up front. Yeah, for everything else, it was okay. Even even app gap because the steep section is just like the last five hundred meters, um, so that's not too bad. Um, I mean, it's it's not comfortable, but uh, you know, it's pretty doable. You can uh, see the end when you're on the steep section, at least. That's that's also pretty important. That's key. You can you can you can see the end. With Lincoln, there's just enough kind of wiggles in the road and the trees and stuff like that that it's just you know it's interminable. Right. And, and you'd like to be able to settle in and you just can't. Um. All right. So I've yabbered for a while. So so anyway, we'll go we'll we'll go back. We didn't do six gaps. I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't manage it. Um. But also you know still had a really good time. I recommend it. Um, hopefully we'll be able to go back and make that happen. Let me know if you ever want to come up and do uh, six gaps. Well, I was going to say keep me in the loop because I, I do want to knock that off my bucket list at some point. I have that and I want to do... Uh, there's a, a road that goes through the Shenandoah National Forest that's a, exactly 100 miles long. I forget what it's called. But it's oh, like really? 11,000 feet of climbing. And a hundred miles end to end. Hmm. You said a thousand feet or a hundred thousand? Eleven thousand. Oh, okay. No, a hundred thousand feet in a hundred miles would be just uphill. Not even uphill. I mean, just just, <laughs> just vertical. Vertical. Yeah. Here we go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. But but eleven thousand, eleven thousand and a hundred miles. I'm very far away from my microphone. Everyone's going to hate that. 11,000 11, feet and 100 miles is pretty substantial. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. We should go. We yeah. Can bid farewell to Matteo, who's been strangely quiet. Uh, we should. For the last little while. I, I think he just went to bed. I think he went to bed. I think he's a little sick. Um, Poor guy. No Either man. that or he's still just sitting there playing the guitar. <laughs> Wouldn't he should have busted out like the like the in, you know Layla or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's oh, as a reference that's over my head unfortunately greg no oh all right oh god i've got poison ivy all over my arms now which <laughs> i knew would happen i knew it would happen oh my right. house is the worst all right it's been fun so this has been the honest bicycle program thank you for tuning in uh for downloading us and uh i've been greg and he's been who have you been I've been uh, Dan being honest about bicycles. Yeah, that's Dan Shavanoff over there. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you next time.